Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Mommy Oyoyo podcast. I am thrilled to have you listen in today. As usual, I am your hostess, Ms. Berry Dakara. I will not spend too long on the introduction today, as this is a very, well, pretty long episode. I had the pleasure of speaking with Isoa of Iso Warrior, and she's going to talk to us today about what living with sickle cell disease has been like through her whole life. She recently turned 40 and had a big bash and also launched her foundation, Iso Warrior, where she plans to increase and spread awareness about sickle cell disease as well as do other tangible things within um, the sickle cell disease community in Nigeria and I believe in the U.S. I hope you enjoy listening to this episode. Please share this episode with other people after you have completed the episode. Thanks and have a wonderful day. How are you? I'm good. This week has been a little, um, it's just been a bit, a bit down this week, but Uh-oh. I'm good. <laughs> Uh-oh. Sorry, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm okay. I mean, just been having pain on and off. Uh-oh. So I just took my meds and ready. <laughs> okay. Did you have to go to the clinic or? No, no. I didn't. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I hope you feel better. Well, a little better soon. Yeah, hopefully I can get some more rest this weekend and all. Okay. Mm. Yeah. All right. So I guess we should just get into it so that we can wrap up quickly and you can go get some rest for tonight. Eh? No problem. Alrighty. I'm, so I'm okay. uh, yeah. thank you very much for agreeing to this interview. It was such a pleasure speaking with you last week and getting to know you. Um, for the audience, this is I'm speaking to Isoa today um, for the the interview. But um, I spoke to her last week as an introduction. It was her idea, actually. And we ended up speaking for, what, like an hour and a half? <laughs> Our very first conversation. So, um, obviously, we were able to um, be comfortable with each other and to bond. And I think she's a very sweet person. And I just, um, oh, I'm very grateful that she agreed to talk about um, herself and um, her journey with um, sickle cell. So, Isola, please, 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 could you kindly introduce yourself to the Mommy Oyoyo audience? Tell us about you and tell us about um, Iso Warrior. Okay. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Isola, and I always say to myself that I am the daughter of the king. <laughs> I like to say that to myself. So, but um, I live in Virginia with my husband and two kids. Um, I have a nine-to-five job, so I'm a senior business analyst. Um, for and for over twelve years now, I've had experience in finance and accounting background. So, and then um, I'm also from Edo State, I'm Nigerian, and basically, I just. I love life. I love photography. I love travel. I love music, style, art. Just anything that keeps me happy. I'm also a sickle cell warrior. So, um, I mean, obviously, with sickle cell, I mean, I'm born with it. So it's a genetic blood disorder. 
and it affects, I'm not sure if we need to talk about that now, but I'm a warrior. So segueing into Isto Warrior. So my name is Istowa. And because people who suffer or we who suffer from the sickle cell disease, we call ourselves warriors. I decided to use my name since I have a WA in my name <laughs> to mm-hmm. call it Isto Warrior. And um, Isto Warrior is... It's kind of like an initiative that a nonprofit for sickle cell disease. So I have the sickle cell disease and I mean, I've had it since I was born. And over the years, I kind of felt a need to really like make a positive impact in people's lives, especially people who suffer from sickle cell as well. And um, I remember when I kept thinking about it, that I think I was at the hospital and I was like, okay, if I'm st- if I'm suffering like this, I mean, I have, a, I mean, joining a bunch of other sickle cell groups and um, thinking about people in Nigeria and here, I just felt I needed to let people know more about sickle cell and um, just create more awareness and advocate for people and all that. So um, with sickle cell disease, let me even just talk about what like it's about um so basically everyone has red blood cells in their bodies and but people who have sickle cell disease I mean they're they're different types but for me I have SS so my hemoglobin has like in my red blood cells has like an S or two S's I'm not really sure how to explain that but the the hemoglobin is kind of like a molecule in the red blood cells that delivers oxygen to the cells throughout the body. So when oxygen decreases because we have that S in there, there's a tendency of the red blood cells to become sickled. And mm. instead of like the normal disc, like the spherical disc shape, so it has that sickled look. I don't know if you know how sickle looks like. I think farmers use it harvesting and stuff so that's why they call it yeah, sickle cell yeah. disease so because they're sickle they also become those cells become sticky and then they get stuck in the blood vessels i mean without oxygen and kind of like they kind of break down and cause a slow flow into blood and then causing a bunch of symptoms i mean these symptoms could vary for each person who has sickle cell so, like, for, for me, it's been pain crisis, that's what we call crisis, pain in my mm-hmm. bones and my joints, my muscles, I fatigue, like, I'm, I get really tired, just body aches, and then sometimes I have acute chest syndrome, because I like other, like, really um, complicated, like, more complex complications like I've had pneumonia some people have organ damage infections but like me personally I've had a whole lot of like pain I can't count how many times I've been in the ER um I can't count how many injections I've had both in Nigeria and here and then the medication 
that I've taken to the extent that I've lost my hearing on my right ear. And oh, wow. When, yeah. <laughs> so right now, as you're talking, I can't, with the headphones I'm using, I can only use my left ear. I can't. Oh, wow. <laughs> I can't use my right ear. So we've done tests in Nigeria. I also did tests over here. And even hearing aids cannot help. So I have just one ear. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, and this was like complications from having sickle cell. Um, yeah, because I did check um, I did kind of like my research here and there. And, I've, and when with the sickle cell groups that I've joined over the years, some people have kind of like confirmed that. I mean, obviously, if we really need to confirm, we have to go to the doctor and they have to research and check everything from the day I was born and all that. But mm-hmm. for the most part, that's what I think. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, so, and then I've had, like, a series of surgeries on my left leg. So I basically, um, I mean, since I, was, since I was, like, six months old, I was a baby, my left knee was swollen, and I think that's when my symptoms started. I know um, my parents didn't kind of realize that I had sickle cell, like, I was diagnosed until I think I was like between three to five years or so. But I had kind of started showing symptoms since I was a baby. So, (laughs) and you know, then in the 70s, I mean, I was born in 1979, it wasn't as, the awareness wasn't as much as the way it is right now. So, yeah, I had that swelling knee for about a few months, I think, or a few weeks. I mean, I still ended up walking at nine months. I mean, I'm grateful to God for that. <laughs> oh, wow. But that was like, I couldn't move my knee as a baby. So, and then um, because I, I'm thinking because of what, of what happened that when I was a baby, every, like all the times I would have like crisis or pain, like five years, six years, seven, eight, what, whatever age I was, I always, that same leg would swell up and then go back down, swell up and go back. I can't remember the name they call it. It's some kind of infection. It's also one of the symptoms. So it was it was when I was like nine years old that we decided, I mean, obviously my parents got to know when I was about three, three to five and the doctor spoke with them about all the things that they could do to help me. I mean, management and all that stuff. Right. And then I think when I was about nine, when I started um, in Nigeria, it's JSS one, but here probably middle school, I think. Yeah. Um, or I, I, no, it's still part of elementary to middle school, I think. So it was when I was that age that um, the doctor said we should do surgery. So surgery was, oh, your leg is infected. Let's remove the infection. And then let's just, I don't know, I don't want to be too graphic. <laughs> well, let's just like cut part of where it's swollen and hopefully the infection goes away. So one surgery turned out to be about one, two, three, four surgeries. Oh, wow. Because it was, that first one just didn't help. I kept feeling pain. 
And that's when they realized that part of that infection got on my bone, like in the bone. They had to, they told my parents, they were like, okay, you either, we either amputate her leg or let's cut the part of the bone that um, was infected. So not to get too graphic, they did that basically throughout high school. I had a bandage on my leg. I had like from the plaster to like the bat, like everything. So I couldn't like, I couldn't do stuff. I mean, till today I can't swim. I can't ride a bicycle. Like I can't do all that. So, so it's, it's basically been that way. And over the years, when I was younger, before I, I mean, before I became a teenager, went to college and all that, my parents had tried to make sure that we go through like preventative measures. Okay, why does this happen? What do we do to reduce getting a crisis and all of that? So my, obviously what I've been going through is different from the next person. It's like there are some people that I know that have SS but never went through pain crisis or anything until they got pregnant. Or someone who has SS that her sister also has SS, but her sister goes through the worst, but she she doesn't go through anything. So it could be different for the individual. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so, so, so because of everything I've been through, I mean... Too much stuff like fevers. I mean, blood transfusions. A lot of blood transfusions to the extent that now I have to take medication to reduce the iron levels in my body because if I have high iron levels, um, it may affect my organs as I get older. So that's another thing. So it's a lot like medication and obviously lots of oxygen. Um. I know, I mean, a bunch of near-death moments and, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> so, well, so basically, the yeah. The term warrior is, is definitely very apt. Very, yeah, for all of us. Because, yeah. I mean, wow. there are more. There are a lot of people who go through worse situations than what I'm saying about myself. So that's why that's why I keep saying it varies for different people. Some people go through worse to the extent that they get hip replacements, like a lot of. So it it varies. I think that's kind of one of the reasons. I think that was one of the reasons why there's no, like proper like cure yet because one person may feel it differently from another person. So it's maybe difficult to find just that one medication that will cure everything. Right. That will cure sickle cell for everybody. So, um, yeah. So, <laughs> so it's it's been a lot. Like even my hemoglobin levels. So normally, so normally, we would in sickle cell patients should have a hematologist. In Nigeria, not everyone has that. I mean, to the best of my knowledge, here most most people try to have hematologist. So that's the specialist for. Um, the blood, the mm-hmm. blood. Um, so which is different from like a normal MD, like a primary care physician right. and, and all that stuff. Yeah. So every so right now every month, I go to my hematologist 
check my blood levels. And lately, so I don't know if I'm talking too much. I mean, should I continue going? No, like we want to hear you know, about you and about um, how sickle cell affects you as a person. You know, yeah. eventually we're going to get into, you know, um, into if it affected you, like with fertility and motherhood and mm-hmm. just other other aspects of, of life. So definitely yeah, sense, yeah. and keep going. <laughs> so, I'm just like, woohoo, let me just keep going. Um, yeah, so it just, so what was I saying? So basically, normally you get into the hospital, they give you IV fluids. Obviously, they have to find your veins before they put the IV. Right in your veins and then those fluids help because hydration really helps with the blood cells it helps to kind of like make it less sickle mm-hmm. and obviously when it's less sickle those symptoms um subside a little bit so over the years i've been a heart stick they call it heart stick meaning it's hard to find my veins in order to give me iv oh. and i had to end up getting a port inserted in me a bunch of people have that as well, where, okay, for about maybe a couple of years or more, they told me, okay, this, we need to manage, we need to do pain management. Mm-hmm. How do we reduce prices? What do we do? Okay, you need hydration. There's only so much water or liquid or whatever you can drink. We need to be, you need to be coming to our office, doctor's office, every week to get hydration. And I'm like, uh, yeah, it's hard to get my veins. I don't want to keep being poked, poked, poked. Right. And that's when they decided to put the port. So I have a port inserted in me. So every Wednesday, or the days I can, mm-hmm. <laughs> during lunch, I mean, going to, to work, I get my hydration. And that helped in a way, kind of reduces. I mean, plus all the medication I've been taking, it reduces getting the crisis. So... I know in the beginning of this podcast, I mentioned that I, I wasn't feeling too good all week. Yeah, I mean, as I'm talking to you right now, I'm feeling pain in my bones. Oh, wow. But I can't, like, I, it doesn't mean that I'm getting to a point where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I need to go to the ER right now. Wow. So when you want to go to the ER, that means you're having a crisis. I mean, you could get, like, mini crisis mm-hmm. at home, and you can manage it at home by... So what I do is I just drink a lot of warm water, take a lot of, um, take obviously my medication, try to not exhaust myself um, and reduce the stress. The stress. Yeah. To me. Oh my gosh, you know, let me be honest. Like now I feel kind of bad. Like, oh my gosh, she's in pain and then she's still doing this interview and no, talking no, to no. her. Like, we have, like, we have to keep going because it's, I think my husband had mentioned the one day that, I mean, if it's because it's in us, like it's in the, the blood, it's in the body, even if I decide to lay down for a month and do nothing, it may it still happen. The pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it may still yeah. happen. So I've always been a driven person. Like that's, I mean... I've always been driven and I feel like if I just, I have to keep going, obviously in between, manage myself. I want to live long. Let me just keep going. And what day am I going to say, oh, Barry, I'm 100% (laughs) 
fine, right. let's do this. No, I haven't been 100% for, I don't even remember being 100%. So right. I just celebrated my 40th birthday. I'm so grateful to God. So even while I was like dancing, oh, wow, thank you, Jesus, all that. I remember I had taken my medication like maybe an hour before. Yeah. And at some point, my feet were hurting. I mean, this is for a normal human being. People go through stuff. I mean, people have pain and all that. Not to talk of like someone who has sickle cell. Right. So, so I just have to keep going. So I can't say, oh, sorry, sorry, I can't do this because I end up not doing anything. <laughs> right. So well, that makes going sense. to is so warrior. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that makes a lot of sense because you know having a condition, going. you know, if if you can learn to to manage it, doesn't necessarily mean that you need to stop living your life. Like you, um. I guess what you're saying basically is having sickle cell doesn't mean that you're not going to live. You're not going to exist. You're not going to, you know, live a a life that is worth living for you. It doesn't mean that you have to, you know, be stuck somewhere and, oh, woe is me. And, oh, I can't do anything. I mean, obviously, you're going to have times yeah. where you can't do oh, anything. Oh, wow. Yeah, there are many times. You know, like, but, yeah, but in the grand scheme of things, you have to keep going. Keep going. I'm not the type of person that does. I mean, <laughs> a lot of people get they're pretty surprised and all, but I'm like, let me just keep going. I think that's what kind of like keeps me going. So in the midst of all this, I just told myself, okay, I'm going through this right now. There are many people who are also going through this or even worse. Yeah. How can I help? How can I make a positive impact? So that's how I decided to start Iso Warrior. So it's called Iso Warrior. My name is Isoa. So um, but, but my main, my mission, I mean, it could change over the years because this is a long-term thing for me. And it's just to raise awareness about sickle cell disease and advocate and support like sickle cell warriors. Mm-hmm. How do we support financially, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically? Because it's not just a physical pain. You go through the motions. Like, for example, now this week I, I didn't really get to do much apart from work and lay down. I know if I plan, oh, wow, I want to I travel in a month. And God forbid, the day before I'm supposed to head out, I get into a crisis. Mm. Obviously, I wouldn't travel. That can be depressing. <laughs> Right. It could be, it could, I mean, a normal person would be sad and all, but just the frustration of the ups and downs, ups and downs, because by the time you get a crisis, you get to the hospital, you're there for like another two weeks or so, you don't know what they find out, you get blood transfusion, whatever, you come back home, the recovery may take another two weeks. So you're not necessarily coming back home and, like, and you're like, woo, yay, I'm good. Right. Recovery could take another... <laughs> two weeks and you get to a point where you're like oh gosh it's like a graph like that keeps going up and down you're up you're excited about things and then you come and then this this happens to you and you're back down again and it takes a while for you to kind of come back again so it's very really it could be frustrating and it could be depressing for people it could be so what I try to do I mean even for me it's affected me emotionally and mentally but I'm very, I'm a Christian, I'm sure you notice that now. So I try to think about um, 
God and believe that he's our healer and he would definitely pull us through this. And it's not ending because my, my father used to say every beginning has an end. Mm-hmm. So this is not going to just stay this way forever. It will end. Just keep pushing, be determined. And music also helps me a lot as well. So I do that. So so for the sickle cell warriors, I try to encourage. So that's part of what the warrior is about as well. And mm. then um, I want to also help in assisting the medical community to research for a cure because, I mean, I love what's going on right now. I pray in another 20, I'm, I'm sure even less than because the way technology and science has advanced. Right. In another 20, 50 years. Actually, I saw something Even on less than. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw something on Facebook this week about um mm-hmm. some guy in is it Alabama or somewhere? In Alabama, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that um was I guess is that a cure for sickle cell? Yeah, so I think that was stem cell because a, a few a number of people have actually kids have been getting um cure through stem cell like bone marrow transplants. Yeah. And yeah, so that's really what kind of cure, because I have a friend, her daughter is five now, and she got cured. So she's AA. And, mm-hmm. but in that, even in that process, it's still a lot. I mean, you have to go yeah. through a lot. You have to get yeah. donors. You have to, <laughs> even after you're cured, you still have to, you still have to be monitored for a number of years. You have to take some medication. So those, um, the people who go through that are people that maybe are like, re- it's really bad. Like, this, there's no other option. Mm-hmm. Let's try this. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I believe so, my cousin went mm-hmm. through it um, because mm-hmm. she and her siblings, I believe they have sickle cell. One of them may have asthma as well. But um, I know that my, my younger cousin, she went through... Um, like they would flush her blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they would flush her blood, and I believe now, like she's um, she's done th- done with that therapy. She had to do it for years, mm-hmm. um, but she still has to go, you know, get check checkups and everything. But I'm pretty, I yeah. think that she's I'm clear now. Wow, this is wow, wow. Yeah. So so even that flushing of the blood. So there's the blood transfusion, and then there's the other um, treatment where you sit down. I, I didn't. I haven't gone through this part, but I've seen um, people sit. They lay down to flush out the blood you have, and then they put in. They kind of replace with other blood. Mm-hmm. So for like maybe six months or maybe a year, you don't really get crisis or you don't really have those symptoms for a while, and then you go through the treatment again. So there are different treatments for dif- the different ways that people um, suffer from the disease. Right. For me, it's, it's more of the management, preventative measures. This over the years, though, because when I was younger, it was, I was, it was worse. I, I don't want to say worse, so it's better now. It's different. Okay. So, Yeah. So basically, just and then I also want to collaborate with other sickle cell organizations because I mean, now there we are many, so I don't mind collaborating and just 
helping. And then one major thing I want to do for Iso Warrior is to create infusion centers. So because I go through hydration, in my mind, I'm like, this is not bad. Why don't I try? Let me, even especially in Nigeria, create infusion centers. So infusion centers to just get IV fluids, meaning, okay, people go to the hospital, that's all good to get admitted and all, but people could be scheduled to every week or every two weeks go, which obviously through your doctor and all, go to this infusion mm-hmm. center, sit down. You don't necessarily have to be sick or anything. It's, it should be part of like a management. Sit, sit down, they give you IV fluids. I mean, depending on how much you can take, because I remember I initially used to take two units. Now I take one because my body is kind of like used to it now. But depending on whatever, mm-hmm. just take your IV fluids for hydration and that could help. Somebody may, may reduce the crisis or, I don't know, I mean, to me, I just feel that will be a major thing if we create infusion centers for people, for sickle cell patients to um, go get hydration. It's, okay. <laughs> it seems that's simple. I mean, it's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So that's one of the things that you're trying to do through ESO Warriors to um, yeah. have. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, like, uh, we'll I mean, raising we'll awareness and advocating and can um, can um, contribute and can support the um, the cause and support um, the foundation. But I wanted to also, I mean, you alluded to it a little bit earlier um, that your you know a friend of yours. He said um, she didn't start getting any real symptoms until after she got pregnant. Um, I know that when I was growing up, there was all this talk of, oh, no, you know, sequels, oh, they cannot get pregnant, oh, you know, sequels, oh, if they get pregnant, they're going to die, and blah, 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 like all kinds of things that don't make any sense to me. Now, now that I'm an adult, it's like, okay, you know, children just talking, yeah. <laughs> but um, did you have, like, were there any complications? With, like, you have two children. Did, did you have any complications? from sickle cell in regards to, you know, pregnancy and um, giving birth and having your children or even getting um, pregnant? Um, getting pregnant, no. I mean, I, rem- I remember when I was with my husband and we talked about it. So we got to a point where, I mean, I always, obviously every woman, if they want children, they pray for children and that's it. So the, I was like that. I wanted to have children, want to get married, have children. But to the extent that he had mentioned that, okay, if we can't do this, we can adopt. So, and we were fine with that. So that was, that's just like the, that was even before we started, before we even got married, it was more like, okay, one of our conversations. And then by the time I got married, um, I got pregnant when we were ready. So I'm grateful for that. So I never had any like fertility, um, issues and all I know that's really hard but I'm just grateful that I didn't have that and then um so when I was pregnant for my first I didn't even go through um like you know the symptoms of pregnancy right morning sickness all that I didn't go through that my first trimester 
And then, when, but immediately when I got pregnant, went to my OBGYN, went to my primary care physician, they literally like just put me as a high risk patient. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I got um, a team of high risk um, doctors, OBGYNs. And instead of going, I know that for like the first trimester, second trimester, people go in, depending on, I mean, what they go through, but people go in like every month or so, or every, I don't know. But I used to go in every two weeks from like my first trimester and then every month, every week, I mean, from like my second to third trimester. But one thing that I noticed with my first my daughter was that I kept, even for both, I kept getting a lot of blood transfusions. I think that's the reason why I'm getting medication to remove, to reduce the iron levels. Lots mm. and lots of blood transfusions because my blood levels were always, my hemoglobin levels were always low. So it, it was more like, well, there's a baby inside of you that <laughs> and you you both need more blood <laughs> something right. like that. so so i kept getting a lot of blood transfusions during pregnancy and um yeah i mean i was tired a few times which is normal for any pregnant woman so that was there yeah, I, I was still going through blood. pain yeah it's exhausting <laughs> So, so yeah, that was exhausting. I mean, obviously, when you get to your third trimester, you're like lifting up your belly. Anyway, but yeah, but it was pretty. I was I was more tired. I didn't really get crisis or anything. I think the blood transfusions were helping, mm-hmm. and because obviously I was monitored a lot. Like I, I obviously did all the tests, everything. So I'm grateful that I didn't go through any issues. I know with my second. And then during delivery for my first, I don't know how I did it, but TMI, it was natural. Like, obviously I had epidural, but mm-hmm. I didn't, it was with my second that I had a C-section. And that was because I had to, they gave me, I had to be induced for my second. So uh, during second, yeah, you know how, how, how it works. You get induction and there you are most likely going to be getting a CS to me yeah. that's how I feel um so with my first I like like I said prayers affirmations throughout pregnancy mm. I am well like everything I, I mean to the extent that when it was time dilation everything went well I mean they had to give me epidural twice though <laughs> oh wow <laughs> <laughs> because I could it was so weird like I could I couldn't feel my legs but I could feel the pain, the labor pains, oh, contractions, wow. contractions and everything. It was weird. So I had to do the whole epidural thing again. Like, you know how it is, how they, I don't, I'm not sure yeah. if you went through that though, but when they inject your back, I like the whole mm-hmm. works. <laughs> so that was hard. Yeah. Um, I remember with, with um, Coco, yeah, I got the epidural and mm-hmm. I think it was like three hours later, I had a panic attack. <laughs> oh my God. I had a panic attack because, um, you know, they say, oh, you should lie down in one position or whatever. And then I got very uncomfortable. 
after mm -hmm. you know the three hours and I asked um, the midwife I was like oh can I lie down on my other side or can I lie on my back or something and she's like no you can't you know you have the the epidural in the back so you just kind of have to wait you know just lie down there for another couple of hours I'll be back in two hours and she walked out of the room and my brain was just like wait what first of all <laughs> I cannot feel your legs secondly you're very uncomfortable Thirdly, she said another two hours, I had a panic oh, attack immediately. Like, I had to throw up. I, I threw up. You know, I had to um, get my mom to call a nurse. I'm like, mommy, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. I can't breathe. What's going on? Oh, my God. You know, I was like, mommy, I can't breathe. My <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah, I remember the epidural. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Pregnancy yeah, and... Like Delivery is not easy. It's not. It's not easy at all. It's not easy. <laughs> it's wow. not at all. So, yeah, I had to get that the second time. And then at some point when it was time to push, I did. I tried and all. So, with my first, yeah, that was fine. But with my second, I think on my third trimester, I started having symptoms of like throwing up and stuff a little bit. Symptoms that people get on their first trimester. That was weird. <laughs> So, so I I got that. I mean, I was still fine. Um, and then when um it was time to deliver, so with my first, the doctors had said, "Oh, you're going to be scheduled for mm. induction, and then we'll see how it goes." Because I told them I wanted to try mm. to deliver the baby naturally. So, but I don't know. I think she just decided. I want to come early. Like, I mean, if I was scheduled, I think I was on schedule on like a 14th, no, on or like a 15th. And then I started feeling contractions on the 12th and she was born on the 13th. So we didn't have to go through like induction or anything like that. And for my second, um, we had, okay, same, same, same old gist. Um, we're going to schedule you for an induction. Let's see how it goes. I know you had a V, um, for the first, but let's see how things go and all. So I did go on that day that it was scheduled for induction because, yeah, I didn't feel any contractions or anything yet. Mm -hmm. So as all that was going on, they induce you, um, check your dilation, they break your water. Like I didn't go through any, oh, my water broke. Blah, blah, blah. No, I didn't do that. But you break your water and they keep checking dilation. So after a point, after a few hours, I mean, then I had also got to an epidural. The doctor, which was a different doctor, so that's another story entirely. But mm -hmm. this was a different doctor. She was like, um, it doesn't look as if you're being you're dilating as I mean, as you should. Let's have a C section so that it doesn't become an emergency C section. Mm -hmm. So I cried. <laughs> <laughs> because I felt like I mean since I did it for my first I could do it for my second but I mean my husband was like no worries I mean I was like yeah no worries I guess I just I don't know I felt I could but this time yeah. I was like let me just do what I need to do to have my baby and to be fine and do you know what happened so like after like once we got ready got to the OR that is how they kind of like started the whole process that's how I started a crisis. Oh, my that? goodness. So as, as the baby, as they were trying to get out the baby, I was having a crisis. Oh, my goodness. 
So I had doctors working on baby on one side mm-hmm. and then doctors working on me on another on the other side. It wow. was weird. Like it was so I was I threw up. I was like, my head, my head, my I, because you know you're awake when you get a C-section. I mean, unless if it's really bad and you fully um right. sleep off or whatever. But I was like, my head, I'm feeling pain all over my body. Obviously, I couldn't really feel feel anything from um, my waist down, but I could feel pain. My arms, my head, my chest, it, like everything. And so the doctors were pumping the pain meds as other doctors were also <laughs> pulling out the baby. I was like, oh, my gosh. And obviously, wow. because I didn't go through C-section the first time, I felt like pressure. I was like, what is that? Like, I'm asking questions and I'm like, I'm fully paid. So my husband is like, just calm down. <laughs> like, mm. It was, it was weird. So that room was full of people. Um, right. But I heard my baby cry. Everything was fine. Um, and then I kind of, I mean, they gave me pain meds. They gave me more IV fluids to kind of like keep my blood going. And then, they also gave me so after the delivery, I had to get transfusion. I mean, I actually actually I had to get transfusion on my first as well. I didn't lose blood or anything, but I just had to get transfusion just to keep up. Oh wow! With, um, yeah, so so with sickle cell, it's I mean, could be a different story for someone else, but yeah, I had to keep. They had just they had to just keep like monitoring many things. Um, wow! Yeah. <laughs> No. So well, like I'm recovery wow. with 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 two different recoveries. Like with C C section, I was like, oh my God, this is hard. Mm-hmm. I'm coughing and I'm feeling pain. I'm like laughing. I'm like, oh my goodness. So that I had to <laughs> I had to go through that as well. Um with taking and then obviously taking medication. So like when people take Percocet, like normal people take Percocet and all that, that's that's like normal for me. So I took that as for recovery and all. And babies went home with my babies and all. So I'm just I'm grateful to God for I mean pregnant like fertility, pregnancy, delivery, mm-hmm. like the whole those phases because yeah. Because- the truth of the yeah. matter is, and I've shared this on Instagram, I think on Twitter before that. Number one, getting pregnant is a big miracle. Staying mm-hmm. pregnant is a miracle. Mm-hmm. And then having a healthy mom and healthy child at the end of everything, those are all miracles. And things you don't really, you don't really understand it until you're in it, until it happens to you. Yeah. Because you hear so much about, you know, other people who are having issues trying to get pregnant. I couldn't get pregnant for almost two years. No reason why. And then um, you hear of people who, you know, they have miscarriages either early or mm-hmm. late in their pregnancy. Or they have stillborn. Like, just so being yeah. pregnant so and going all the way through with a child and a mother. Huge miracles, huge miracles. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I can't, I cannot not talk about God. <laughs> I don't know if I'm making sense. Like almost every sentence is God and I'm grateful and yeah. 
Wow. Because even that alone, that's why I'm just like, okay, I'm here. There's a reason why I'm here. Mm-hmm. And let me do what I can <laughs> right. to help other people. So during, I mean, yeah, during pregnancy and then motherhood, I know mommy Oyoyo is about being a mom and all that. I think almost every mom goes through the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My kids are wonderful. (laughs) I know I'm so grateful and they're healthy and all. But yeah, I mean, go through the same. Because I remember when I was working and then when I got pregnant, I stopped working. Mm. And then when I had my first, I didn't work for another year. But during that time, I mean, my we we didn't even have nannies until... Or any when I say nannies, meaning babysitter, like nothing until um, maybe two and a half years ago. So mm-hmm. I mean, my daughter turns ten this year. My, oh, my son wow. is seven. So we didn't really have babysitters. I mean, we obviously they went to daycare mm. and all, but they didn't go to day like she didn't go to daycare when I wasn't working. So I was home with her, <laughs> and oh, my okay. husband was working. Wow. So I was kind of like a stay-at-home mom for like a year. Mm-hmm. And that, I, I didn't like it at all. Like, I just, yeah. I don't know, that's just me, though. Everyone no, it's not, it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. Sometimes I wish I could stay at home. But my own staying at home, she's going to daycare because you're not sitting exactly. down in the house. <laughs> so I had to... For, for a while, it was like, oh, you know, when they say, oh, when the baby sleeps, you sleep. I can't. Like, you can't. I have laundry. I have, I have to cook. I have to clean the house. I have to. Like, it was just too much. <laughs> to the extent that sometimes I'm in a house. I'm sorry. No, because the is, when the baby sleeping, it's like, ah, okay, should I now do laundry? Or should I vacuum? Should I watch TV? Should I cook? Should I just sleep? Man, I don't know. What to... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> To the extent that I, I mean, I'm very, I'm pretty, well, a pretty organized person. I started a whole schedule. Okay, Thursdays, laundry. Saturday, Friday evenings, cook. At least you cook and then you can have that food for a whole week. So you're done with that. So right. I tried, <laughs> but I still was so tired. I mean, obviously in between, I'm, I'm having pain. My husband, thank God, then he used to leave close to the house. So he would come during lunch and help. And then, and obviously, not obviously, but most people have their moms come over once you have a baby. So my mom was still working then. She's retired now, though. But mm-hmm. so she, she used to, she, she had to go back to work in Nigeria. So she would come for like maybe three months, stay with me and um, help me with the baby and all that. Maybe even less than that. But so I, I had that privilege as well but when she left it was just me and my husband like nothing yeah <laughs> no babysitter nothing so yeah. that's how we were doing it I mean but that year that I felt so tired my mom was like okay come to Nigeria stay for like two months or so mm. let's I mean you know people get more help in Nigeria so just come 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 over let's help you with the baby and um, that's what I had to do. Okay. So when I, <laughs> I had to do that, just to kind of rest, because everyone was kind of like worried that I would get crisis and be sick and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, so I did that when she was a baby and then came back and I was like, I need to get back to work. Like, whoa, 
So I started working again. And then by the time I was pregnant for my second, um, yeah, took time off after. Then I was contracting, so I could I was flexible with how long I could work. Oh, okay. When I had my second, I didn't really have like maternity. So I never went through the whole maternity leave thing. Um, and then had him, and then I told myself, okay, after a few months, I'll look for work again. And then I did. Okay. And, but with him, he went to daycare because I, fortunately, I, I got the job earlier than anticipated. So I had to like figure out daycare mm. for him. I mean, my first was already in that same daycare. So they were both doing the daycare. So I was, I was now a working mom, <laughs> mm-hmm. picking them up from daycare, coming home and working. I mean, I felt, I feel working moms work 24 hours. That's oh yeah, me. no, you know we do, <laughs> we do, yeah, we do. There is no, there is no stopping. The minute you wake up, it is going, 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 going. Even in my oh. dreams, like oh, oh, like since I've had kids, I don't think I've ever actually slept like deeply. I don't know if that makes sense. No, I already, I already have sleep because... issues, but I've never. <laughs> <laughs> no, because even when you're sleeping, you're still thinking about like, okay, what am I supposed to do tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Being a working mom is not easy. I said, yeah. I think it was earlier. I was just like, see, if I had the chance to do it all over, I would want to be a stay-at-home mom. And then my stupid friend was like, Aita, you know you cannot be a stay-at-home mom. I was like, okay, fine. I'll work from home. <laughs> like, eh, well, that's not being a stay-at-home mom. You're working. I'm like, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean just time. being a woman I mean <laughs> up women man like I'm up for like whoa hello we are wonderful human beings just being a woman is yeah, yeah. Not easy. and then being a mom yeah is not easy so yeah yeah, yeah. I kind of so, want I mean, um, eh? to talk about like I want to um, address because you've mentioned your husband a few times mm-hmm. and you know, thank God for your husband. I don't know him, but I'm already like in my mind. Thank God for him. He seems like he's a very like he's a blessing to you. So thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you? So I know in Nigeria, um, when you want to get married, or if you're getting you know serious in a relationship, a lot of people will ask, "Oh, so what's your, you know, your blood type? Are busy genotype? What is it like? Are you AS? Are you whatever?" And, you know, um, I have my friend, my um, best friend, I've, I've known him since I was in nursery school, but I remember he broke up with someone because he's AS and she also happened to be AS and he's like, okay, yeah, I can't, can't do that. I don't want to have um, a child with sickle cell. Like I'm trying to prevent that from happening, but I'm just, I wonder like, what are your feelings on that? Um, yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. So when I, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm in it. So I have SS. Right. So when I started dating or getting to a point where I felt, okay, I mean, if I'm dating anyone and it may lead to marriage, I need to talk about it with whoever it is that I'm talking to in court. So I told myself, so uh, you, I, I want to get married to someone who is AA. 
because I never, like, I do not want my children to go through what you're going through. Mm. It's too painful. It's too, it's too much. There's no way. I don't want my children to go through this. Mm. It's hard enough me taking care of myself. I don't want to see them. I mean, any mother, even when a baby has a cold or right. not to talk about having like all the symptoms, everything I had been through all throughout then and even till now, I did not want to see my children go through that. So when I used to meet, when I would meet someone and we start talking and all, when I got to a point in my life when I felt, okay, it's maybe it's time to start thinking about marriage and all. So if I meet someone and we start talking, I would bring it up. Mm-hmm. What's your genotype? Or this is, this is me. What's your genotype? And the person says, AS, I move on to brother level. Like, that's it. Right. Like, I can't. <laughs> yeah. But there was, I think there was one that, I think this was when I was in college. I dated someone. I know I had to break up. I think then I was kind of finishing college. I'd gone into that point where I'm like, okay, I'm finishing um, university in Nigeria. Um, okay, I'm getting to that point where whoever it is I'm dating, I'm going to start dating or I'm dating should maybe, I mean, it's not just, just being AA is not just a factor to say, oh yes, I'll marry this person. Right, but yeah. And that would be something crossed off my list. <laughs> yeah. So, so maybe whoever, or whoever it is I'm going to marry, at least you get to close to, okay, I'm going to get married this person. So I was dating this person that was AS and it was a very difficult breakup. I had to break up with the person. And yeah, so after that, obviously I met a few people. I mean, I did meet some people that were AA, but they turned out, it still didn't work out. So regardless of whether the person was AS or AA, I mean, that didn't, it still didn't work out Mm -hmm. up until. So to me, if there was, it was just always there. Like it was in me. I know some people, I mean, there are different angles. You can think about it in a Christian angle. You can think about it in a, I mean, I've met someone who, or many few people who are married. They knew, they knew and they're like, they're going to do this. Mm-hmm. But they were mature enough to know that, okay. I mean, you have to go through kind of like a counseling session. It's not just a Christian counseling or whatever, religion counseling. Um, mm. you have to go through like the medical counseling and like everything just to be, just to be ready right? for anything. I know for me personally, I just didn't want that. I, I was already going through enough. <laughs> right. So I just had to keep praying and believing that one day it would happen and God did it with my husband. I mean, I went through the same thing with him. What is your genotype? This is what is happening with me. Blah, blah, blah. And he said he's AA go test yourself, like all that. We're still dating, we got engaged, we're married. So mm-hmm. other things obviously got me to a point where I felt, wow, this is the man for me. And he felt the same way and we got married. But yeah, it's, it, it's hard, like that process of meeting someone and having to have that conversation because there's, there's still kind of like a stigma with sickle cell. Mm-hmm. Some people, I've heard many people, I've even I've heard many things where people will say, ah, 
No, don't marry Sikla. That's ah. That's Sikla. I hate that word. Don't yeah. marry the Sikla. This could happen, that could happen. They could die. They could. Jeez. Oh, so that alone <laughs> is another issue. That's why we need to create more awareness. But yeah, yeah I, I did go through having to make sure the person is a genotype and that will, I mean, like now when my kids were born, they got tested, they got screened and they both have ASAS because obviously right. I have SS. Right. My husband is AS, so it's ASAS. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm like, my children, hopefully there's a cure be- between now and when they, when it's time for them to get married. Mm-hmm. But I'm praying that they will get married to AAs. <laughs> because right. if you get married to an AS, there's, there's a chance, chance. that right. yeah, they will have excess kids. So at the end of the day, God controls everything. <laughs> but yeah, I had to go through that. And wow. I had to go through a breakup as well. Um, you know when 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 my my best friend well you know he's my he's my he's been my best friend before and then we kind of um we didn't have a falling up but we drifted apart and then now we're kind of like best friends again but i remember back then when he told me he was breaking up with his girlfriend and i was distraught <laughs> i was so distraught I'm like why are you going to give up on love what is wrong with you how <laughs> The thing about it though was I really didn't know enough about sickle cell then, right? Mm-hmm. To me, just okay. Well, I mean, people that have sickle cell, I guess they get sick sometimes. But I didn't really know what the sickness was, what it entailed, what the symptoms were. I didn't really know it. But I was just speaking, I guess, from ignorance. Like, no, don't do this. Oh, but you love her. Why are you gonna do this? Why are you gonna break up with her? Like, that's not fair, you know, whatever. And he's like, um, yeah, no, like, mm-mm, I'm not doing it. Right. Yeah. And then I know my um, uh, I know uh, there's this this stigma is so annoying. Um, uh, my my godmother's daughter, she has sickle cell as well. And um, I remember she posted on Facebook. This was a long time ago, that mm-hmm. she went out on a with this guy, and he just went on and on about ah that ah uh, he can never marry somebody that has sickle cell. He didn't know she had it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he went. Oh, ah, you cannot marry somebody that's a cool cell. That, ah, look at this one. This is how they are, and this is how they do, and that they'll die, and they'll die, and, and he just went on, and she just kept quiet. I was looking at him, smiling. Um, and after his whole spiel, she now goes, um, just FYI, I have sickle cell. And he goes, oh, ah, but you don't even look like one now. And it's like, uh, do they? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> every now and then I think about like I remember you know that post that she put up on Facebook and it just gets me so annoyed like why are people like this why are people like this and I think that a lot of it is really just ignorance I think there's too mm-hmm. much ignorance just in general first of all Nigerians can be very ignorant let's just be honest <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether it's our fault or not, but just in general, you know. But um, I just, I really applaud you and other people who, you know, are speaking up and speaking out and yeah. just trying to, you know, push the awareness and 
you know, push out knowledge and push out your experiences because it's not easy. It's not easy. And, you know, with us being African, you know, people don't like to talk about anything, but that's not good enough. If we don't know, then we can't, you don't know what to do. You, you yeah, can't. Know. Even, yeah. Acknowledge is power. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because so, when people see me, I don't really look like, when they say look like. <laughs> like, what does look like, like mean? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I guess some people have like yellow eyes. I don't know. I mean, some people are skinny. I mean, when I was younger, I was skinny. But like I, like I keep saying, it's different for different people. Right. Yeah, you, there's no way. I mean, there, there's a way you can see it sometimes on the person, but you can. there's no way you can tell if, if someone who looks healthy is. So don't even, don't say that. Just, just be, um, just listen to the person. And one thing people should remember that it's not, not our fault. Like we didn't say, oh yeah, I want sickle cell. You know, we come to the world and we have it. So no. Right. It happened. Like you didn't have a choice in, in the in the matter yeah. at all. Yeah, not not at all. Born so with it. The fact that we are trying our best to even just make it work is enough. So yeah. Okay. Well, so um I think we've covered a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I know I've just been blabbing. I don't know if you're not blabbing. Um, organizing the. <laughs> <laughs> You're not blabbing. This has been like very, very um, informational, and I'm glad that we were able to have the conversation. But um, I wanted to um, ask just one last thing: like, how, how how can people who are interested in knowing more about you, interested in knowing more about Easter Warrior? Um, how can they find you? Where can they find you online or um, social media? Oh, okay. So um, social media, it's Iso Warrior on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So I'm more Instagram and Facebook. Just so I have a Facebook page and um, Iso Warrior on Instagram. And then um, my website is w, I mean, www.isowarrior.com. And um, so right now, I mean, the GoFundMe, there's a GoFundMe that I kind of like created for mm-hmm. the Warrior. I, I decided to do this when I turned 40, just to initiate this whole cause. So I also have a GoFundMe and it's www.gofundme.com slash the Warrior. So you see all the information there about um the cause and my mission and everything okay (laughs) i do have to say um to the the audience people who are listening um um i i i initially reached out to um isoa through tt who you guys heard from um with um she has pcos and i reached out because (laughs) I reached out because, you know, September, um, sickle cell awareness month. But, but I was very glad um, earlier this week when Iso actually posted a video on Instagram saying, 
you know, because a lot of times we can tend to focus like, oh, okay, you know, this month is this awareness month, this month is this awareness month. After the month is over, you don't talk about it anymore. Like, okay. And then now it's until another 12 months to talk about <laughs> it. You know, which, I mean, is not done. I understand that, you know, September is the month where everyone is like focusing on everything. But this is an everyday thing. It's an everyday thing. And I just wanted to commend you, Soa, for putting out that video. I shared it on my Instagram stories. And a lot of people um, sent me DMs like, oh, my God, that's so true. Like, you know, you kind of, not that you forget, but just because, you know, it's October or January or, you know, March doesn't mean that, you know, you shouldn't be doing what you can to help spread awareness. So I just want to say um, thank you and kudos for putting that video out there. And no problem. Thanks. I'd like to say a final thank you for agreeing to be on the Mommy Oyoyo podcast. This has been very, very informational. Like I've learned things myself. I, I was actually going to say at some point when you were talking, like, I actually studied biology. I have my first degree in biology, so like all of oh, these wow. things, like I kind of have an idea of, but I mean, mm. I didn't go too too deep into it. But um, yeah, thank you so much for everything that you've shared, sharing um, about sickle cell, sharing about your own experiences. It's been very um, interesting. And you are a warrior. You are. Like, I cannot even, a simple injection, I'm crying, honestly. <laughs> like, oh my God, why do I have to do this? But I have to go through. Oh, you are a warrior. And to um, anyone who has sickle cell who's listening to this, you are a warrior as well. And, you know, just God bless you guys. Um, yeah. Like, I'm just, I'm just wowed. I'm just really, really wowed. But um, from the bottom of my heart. So I thank you so much. I know that this is not the end of our conversation. Like, as in, oh, no. you know, <laughs> not the end of it. Like, after today, no, you and I are going to continue <laughs> talking. Yeah. And um, I'm just, I'm so glad. Titi, I know you're sleeping or watching TV or whatever it is, whatever you're doing. Thank you so much for the introduction. This has been wonderful, wonderful. Thank you, Titi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let me let you go so that you can get some rest. I'm going to check up on you throughout the weekend, okay? Thank you so much, Barry. You are very, very... It was a pleasure. Welcome. No, it was my pleasure. Definitely my oh, pleasure. Yeah. Regards to your <laughs> husband and to your children. And just God bless yeah. you, okay? <laughs> and thank and you, you for, too. Hugs to Coco. Thank, thank yeah. you. And thanks for being on the Mommy Oyoyo podcast. You are a Mommy Oyoyo. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mommy Oyoyo podcast. Out of everything you could be doing, you chose to spend the time with me, and I am truly grateful. Please follow us on social media at Mommy Oyoyo, which is M O M M Y O Y O Y O. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Feel free to send us feedback and suggestions that way or via our email at mommyoyoyo at gmail.com. Also, subscribe to the Mommy Oyoyo podcast on your favorite podcast players. Rate and review the podcast. And finally, don't keep this goodness to yourself. Share the Mommy Oyoyo podcast with your friends, your family, your co-workers, and more. The Mommy Oyoyo podcast. 
sharing experiences of African motherhood. Mommy, oh yo yo, mommy, oh yo yo, mommy, oh yo yo. See you next time. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.